Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And here we are. We are only days away now from finding out who will play in the 2021 NRL Grand Final. Two cracker prelim finals ahead of us this week. Boxhead, we've had the top four win their way through, but as we've said along the way, they've obviously swapped sides of the draw. The Penrith Panthers losing week one to South Sydney, putting them up against the Melbourne Storm this weekend, which will be a Saturday afternoon game at 4pm to avoid clashing with the AFL Grand Final. And Friday night, we've got the Penrith... Oh, sorry, not the Penrith Panthers. Mix that one up. We've got the uh, Manly Seagulls up against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Desi up against Wayne Bennett. brings a, a point of difference. I haven't looked what the weather's going to be on Saturday up there, but if it is a dry track, it could be pretty warm, to be honest, as well. High possibility. So that could bring another bit in there in terms of fatigue. If you get into the game, if you make errors or place yourself under extra pressure, unnecessary pressure, um, interchanges might be a little bit different given the weather. Oh, like again, I haven't looked it up yet, but it certainly does bring a, a different factor playing during the daytime, uh, you know, getting closer to summer in Brisbane. But Let's jump into it. Let's do these two games. We'll kick off with the Friday night clash first, which is the Rabbitohs up against the Seagulls. And in terms of lineup, no real surprise for South Sydney uh, with Latrell missing there, basically one to Safanine. You've got Taff at fullback again, Johnston and Paulo on the wings, Gagai and Graham in the centres, Cody Walker, Adam Reynolds, the halves, Nichols, Cook, Totola, front row, Colin Matangi, Sua Murray, back row, and the bench, Benji Marshall. Jacob Host, Burgess, and Arrow as the middle rotation. And looking at his 21, uh, he's got there Milne, Mago, Burns, Jed Cartwright. Don't expect any changes um, on that side for them in terms of any late changes with OBs or bench makeup. I think 
they'll stick to their guns. But for Manly, Tom Trebojevic at the back, Saab and Garrick on the wings, Parker, Harper, centres, foreign, Cherry, Evans, the halves, Aloye in the front row with Tapau, Kroger at nine, the great back row of Oluk, Artu and Schuster and Jake locking the scrum of the bench, Walker, Lawton, Kepi, Paseca, and there was a little bit of mail earlier that there'd be a possible change for Manly, a force change. Parker is under a bit of an injury cloud, which if that's the case, Moses Suli would come in on that edge um, and face up on the left-hand side. And there was also some questions about Sean Kepi. Not quite sure what the issue is there, but his choice there, I guess, would be either Taufal Sipley if he wants an extra middle or Curtis Sirian who could sort of play a middle or an edge role. You don't know whether it's ducks and drakes or whether they're actual legitimate issues at, at this time of year. Mm. Yeah, but look, if Parker's out, so he goes in, gives them. You know, like it's you know what Parker's going to give you every week, but Sully could be better than Parker. But it just depends what what Sully we get. You know. Yeah, particularly. Uh, the concern there is, you know, like how many games has Sully played recently? I think he's played maybe one in the last month. I think the Canberra yeah. game might have been the last time he played. Yeah, that's what I thought, which was, yeah, like a month ago. So that's a concern because they can't go and play footy elsewhere. You know, and he's a bigger he's a bigger body. So that would be a little bit of a concern to me. Um, but, you know, he's not playing on that side where South traditionally go. Like no. He's playing on Manly's left, South's right, so... That are concerned with less, but, but in the end, if Parker's not right to go, he's the man that goes in. Simple as that. So, yeah, it, it will be interesting. Uh, Kepi, I mean, yeah, it just it changes the bench rotation, doesn't it? What, um, he's been good. He's been good, but you know they, they've got plenty of guys that they can roll in and cover him. Mm. And I think again, if uh, you're looking at Talafala or Sirian, it would be more about the minutes, I guess. Like Sirian is more than capable of doing that job. Simply, he's proved. Yeah, that... I'd probably throw Sirian in there. Given the occasion, I'd probably go that way. Um, but, yeah, looking at these two, let's jump on to one side and have a look first. I think we should start with Manly, and I think the big key is what we've spoken about, um, you know, from the weekend and, as we've said all year, uh, they've blown teams off the park. They love when things go their way, things flow. They've got extra football. They're rolling. They shift. Just move the football like crazy. Tom gets to float around from the middle, pops up on both edges. The halves link. They use their big back rows, etc. But in key games, they haven't beaten any of these top four sides. They haven't shown, you know, that they're able to cycle or compete for 80 minutes. And at times, they get a bit impatient. We've seen it in other games. You know, Raiders cycled with them when they were missing a couple of guys, beat them. Second time they played them, arm wrestle. You know, little patches of impatience in games like against the Bulldogs or the Cowboys at the back end of there. When things are flowing and they're firing, they look absolutely outstanding. But Melbourne game example again, take those risks, shifting out of yardage, getting impatient, not wanting to do the gritty work. And before you know it, the game was taken away from them. Um, the Roosters game on the weekend, you can't really take much out of because they were cannon fodder. They were ready to go. But this week, against South. South proved after most of the year when we sat there and looked at them, can they play for 80 minutes? Are they willing to defend? Are they willing to cycle, kick and get down and do the dirty work? They're willing to do that. In particular, I think that flick, that switch flicked even more so when they lost Luttrell and realised they're going to have to rely more on that finals type football. But for Manly, can they embrace that? Can they go set for set when they need to? Can they be a little bit more patient and pick their moments and 
can they break South down and get in a bit of an arm wrestle if need be? It, I could be completely wrong. Could be an absolute shootout between these two sides. But I think South signaled their intent against Penrith um, that they're certainly going to bring more of a mentality and a bit more patience and that they're not just going to get involved in a shootout. Yeah, look, <clears throat> Manly have proven themselves not to be able to really win the middle against those top sides. Simple as that. They have been able to control ruck speed. They've been rolled. Uh, they've conceded points. And at times they've been blown away by those sides up the top of the ladder. So the, the comfort that I get from Manly is if it goes to a shootout, if they start, you know, South get a little bit loose and they want to play that style of game. Like Melbourne, Melbourne uh, Manly are right in, in that. You know, like that, that's right up their alley. What would concern me is if Manly make errors, give away penalties, and South are right up to that grind. And, you know, if I'm Wayne Bennett, I'm preaching to them all week that if we want to really drag Manly into that grinding style game. Because whether Manly fans like it or not, like their record just suggests that when the game goes that way, they're uncomfortable. I'm not saying they can't win that style of game, but yeah. that's certainly going to be the more difficult path for the Seagulls. Uh, I have concerns over uh, whether their middle can, can roll over South Sydney's middle. I, I know at the start of the year uh, we had concerns over the South forward pack, but they've been outstanding. You know, they've stood up. Uh, their defence has been excellent. So... You know, irrespective of, you know, the brilliance that Manly have got with Turbo and, you know, their halves and their, their flamboyant edges and moving the ball, but you can't move the ball, or you, well, you can, but it's certainly not advised to be moving the ball around on the back of slow play the balls when the defence is going to be able to dictate terms. I, I really think the key for this game is going to be um, Manly's nine, six and seven. Like, I... I'd really encourage Foran and Cherry Evans to, to run the ball and to try and generate some of their own momentum because you know that South's going to try and wrestle the shit out of uh, Manly on play one too. So if I'm Cherry Evans and Foran, I sort of want to play in that arrow shape where I've got a man short inside and outside me, um, you know, with Turbo swinging around the back uh, and, and just encourage those boys to, to run the ball or at least take the ball really deep and just pass nice and short. Uh, and, and try and you know catch South coming up, and then sort of try to loop around either side. But you know play that short, and just play the long game, and try and break South down late in the set. And oh, I really think a big one for Manly will be, you know, they need to be willing to run the ball on the last tackle. I think they'll find some love there against South as well, and, and they're really going to try and look at ways of how to break South down outside of the middle of the field so on play one two I'd probably try and avoid the middle as much as I can if you can generate something quick and then come back through the middle when you get that quicker play the ball um, or do it later in the set if you've been able to generate a little bit of momentum but you know I, I think the formula's there I think Des Hasler's certainly smart enough to to pick South apart um, yeah it's, it's going to be interesting I'd, I'd certainly be running uh, a lot of traffic at Walker and Reynolds to try and you know take some energy out of them. The same with Damien Cook. I'll be testing out Young Tarth again under the high ball and just trying to put him in positions where he's going to be uncomfortable and just make South like just keep giving South a long field and, and try and pin them inside twenty as much as you can. They're so potent, South Sydney, when you 
when you put them in set stance or in good ball positions, then you know they're ruthless with their attack. But just going to try and minimise the, the amount of opportunities they get across the eighty minutes. Mm. I had a lot of similar things to what you did, but the main thing, like I said, if it was going to be that grinding style of game and. South were coming with a similar mentality. What they did against Penrith was just that patience. Um, if they're not willing to be patient and get a bit of set for set and you know, re- understand that they can't just attack all the time at will, uh, that it's going to be an ugly night. But oh, I was pretty similar. I've got here to channel at Cook. Cook, to me, in a lot of games that I've watched, is a guy that if you can get at him and you can get a good first bump, you can get on the ground and get up down quick before guys can come in and help you get quick play the balls off the back of that and... You know, I'd be making sure that Croker's getting out and manipulating and trying to isolate Aloye and get Tapau at him. Um, when you do that, like I said, you've also got Nichols and when Tom gets on it to Tola, they're not the greatest lateral defenders. So if you can get rolling as well, you can sort of isolate those guys and they're a pretty mobile middle. Also on top of that, when you channel at Cook and get the middle going, that brings Tom to the game. Not only is Tom really good at bopping up on edges, but if he feels there's a quick play of the ball, in the middle of the field that he can run off, he'll just get the ball at first receiver and play off the back of it. So if that happens as well, look out when you've got those guys that I just talked about, your Nichols, your Burgesses, these guys that probably aren't the best laterally. If he can get it there one-on-one or at space and go, um, you know, blokes like Murray did an outstanding job in Penrith scrambling and cleaning up and do a lot of dirty work, and he does that all the time. But if you can channel through that middle and get Cook or get a quick play of the ball, we know that Tom doesn't just exclusively park himself on edges. He will jump at first receiver and literally just cattle up, carry up the middle and see what he can create. But um, the halves is the other point like he made. Definitely got there. Similar deal. That that right-hand edge, Cody, as outstanding as he is at times, in attack is somebody you can definitely run at. I think DCE, I've complained about it for a few weeks now. His obsession with always playing long to Harper and looping that ball over the top. You've got this monster outside you, an Oluka Atu, who's just such a big human being. I'm trying to get him at Cody Walker more often. And when I do that, then that puts me in a position again to set up for a long shift and get back to the other edge and get at Reynolds with Tom and your Schusters and your Forens, these guys that are willing to play direct and be able to isolate him and test out Kalama Matungi a bit more. Because I know for a fact, Sewer on the other edge will get a bit trigger happy and maybe creep in. And if they do a bit more short play with Olakatu, he might be able to open up some space on the outside. And uh, you know, Harper's proved in attack that he's been pretty, pretty good. And Turbo in particular has been heavy on sweeping that right side as well. So they might be able to create a bit there if they can get at Cody and get Sue interested in vice versa on the other side of the field. Get Reynolds a bit more isolated and get Kalama Tungi working. Um, Campbell Graham at times has shown that he can creep in. And with the beauty of having foreign and Schuster especially left, which they haven't used a lot more the last few weeks. We spoke about this. With Schuster, Foran doesn't have to do all the ball playing. He can sometimes just tip it on, and the beauty of him is he's got the ability to physically run the ball, but he's also a threat. So if he can get one-on-one and sort of get on the outside there and get Campbell Graham interested, depending if it's Parker, Suley, Garrick, etc., he's got the ability to run pass. So I think that's a real big point again, getting at both those halves. Testing those back rolls, so I think you're going to need to assist a little bit more. But in particular, Cherry Evans has to use it a bit more in terms of Olakatu. He's got to play short a bit more often. Yeah, I agree with all that. Yeah. Um, and I guess the cold hard facts are South have had four losses. They've been to Penrith and Melbourne. And Manly haven't beaten anyone in the top four as yet. Mm. So if you look at that, it suggests South, South have had the 
week off. That suggests South. But, you know, Manly, but I guess probably the big question is going to be, what did Manly learn from the Melbourne Storm lesson? And, you know, like last week's, last week's game is not a great indication because we know that the Roosters were the walking wounded and you know, that game was over pretty early. So the question is going to be, firstly, will South be able to use that as a blueprint and make them uncomfortable and and, and pull them apart, particularly their left edge versus the right edge? Um, that, that's going to be the big question. Uh, and, you know, if, they can, if South can just run right there and pull that edge apart, like it's going to be an extremely long day. So yeah, a lot of questions to be uh, to be answered. Hmm. Uh, last sort of point that I had here, obviously for Manly as well, bench impact. I know that Kepi last week rolled with Tapper. I don't know if he does that again. You got Paseca, so they've got some bodies there that can come on. Lawton, he's more used as an extra forward. Last week he played a bit of nine, but Walker's been outstanding. Dylan Walker off the bench, he's another one again that if they get into that set for set and they get some tired middles and you can isolate your Toms and your Tatolas, etc. The way he channeled through the middle with Jake and playing short and having Tom there, if they have some success and they can kind of open that up, he's somebody I'm looking at when he comes into the game. And it's against his ex-club in a big game. So um, I think he can bring a bit of X-factor as well. And he also, if he doesn't just, you know, bust him down, he's really, really good so far the way he's played today, just getting down and up and again, creating that play the ball, getting a bit of a roll on where they can get Tom straight onto the ball and go after those big fellas. But certainly, like you said as well, kicking. If I'm Cherry Evans, I really want to test out Taff again. If not, just for set start purposes, I'm kicking to him. He's a smaller body. He's someone you can wheelbarrow backwards. And if not, it's Johnston. And you pin him in a corner and make him work out. He's one of the best finishers, if not the best finisher in the competition. But yardage-wise, those guys... Not exactly as strong as, say, Apollo. They're definitely going to need help from Campbell, Graham, and Gagai. Yeah, agree, mate. Agree. But, um, yeah, if it goes the way I think it's going to go, I'd say just patience, patience, patience. If Manly can show similar that they're willing to defend, kick, and not just have to attack all the time, I think it'll naturally come to them. If they can do what happened somewhat with South and Penrith, where South were patient enough to just kick and control and wait for their opportunities, and they took them and they did. Manly have certainly got enough strike when they get up to the right end of the field. But if they're making errors in yardage, giving away penalties, losing their head, uh, it could be a long night. But for Souths, I've just got here copy and paste of that last game. I know it's a completely different opposition to Penrith, but if you play that sort of football where you win in the middule, you're kicking well, play 1-2, you're winning on offense and defense, you're strangling a team, putting them in corners, just playing that possession, completion, territory game. And then when you're getting good ball taking your chances you know you're an outstanding chance and I questioned the patches of their defence you know last game they scrambled for 80 minutes it was the best performance they've made all year their contact was outstanding their line speed in particular their middle third was absolutely brilliant they just strangled Penrith they worked so hard from the inside they chased everything they cleaned up so many opportunities and their kick chase there's so many things I just did not associate with South that I saw in the last game and Reynolds' kicking game was invaluable. Similar deal here again. We saw Melbourne really pick on Sarvin Garrick and start him in corners. I can see Reynolds doing a similar deal, putting those two guys in a corner, teeing off on them, making sure that Tom 
doesn't get to run with an open field or work it out for play one two. He basically had to wait his turn in the Melbourne game to when he got the football, um, yeah. especially out of yardage and similar deal again in the middle. If they can do a number on those guys and you don't let him sort of get those opportunities to get onto the football, um, you know, you, you sort of take away those opportunities for him to involve himself in a game. But the real key for me all comes with Murray. If you've got Murray and he can get himself through the middle like he does, it all kind of just snowballs from there. If he gets those quick play the balls, Cook starts going downhill. When he goes downhill, you get to Tola, you get your Burgess when he's on, Arrow, etc. Get yourself over to that right-hand side where Reynolds can play with Kalama Tungi, up, down, at Foreign or Schuster. And then you've got that long left-side shift that they love to play with. And then there's that space that I think you've already mentioned it, is where they're going to go. You've got DCE, Oaka R2, and Harper. And we've seen, seen sorry, the disconnection in particular with DCE. DCE likes to creep up past the ball. If he does that and they get that long side shift going, that's going to place pressure on Oaka R2 as well because we know Cody Walker will run. If he can slide on the inside there, if DCE gets disconnected, he will run. If that's not the case, you've got what we've seen prior. The fact that they have that option on the outside there. He can play short, he can play long, he can play at the back to Taff, who's got a good catch pass, and that's going to place pressure on him and Harper and Saab to be well connected. And I think we've seen the last few weeks that disconnection there. Gagai is strong enough to get over Harper one on one. I think Sewer runs a decent line. If, again, they isolate that man and bring DC up, and if Saab creeps in like he has the last few times to Harper, we know Johnston doesn't need much space to get around the outside. Melbourne were, but you know, there's, there's 
elements of that offence there which can be exploited, definitely. Mm. And Hutch carried into the line strong a few times and got one-on-one stuff that Cody Walker could definitely take advantage of as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think the underrated thing last time, Taft didn't really get the opportunity to run as much against Penrith, but he will run the football. So similar yeah. deal. If they're disconnected or Harper and Saba apart, he won't be afraid to take the line on. I think he'll be more confident from that game, let alone two weeks of working more with those guys and if there's any sort of like we just spoke about disconnection whether it be DCE disconnecting him Olakuatu Cody takes the inside lane or if he's up past the ball and turned in he hits Sewer short on the outside if Harper's in you've got Gagai who's strong one on one Johnston needs no room Taft can run they're going to need to be all you know all hands on deck and realistically as well inside help they're going to need their middles or the guys from the inside to work off hard I think Turbo's going to have to really make sure he gets across as well and maybe gets himself in the line. Um, they're going to need all the help they can get because if they can set up, like I said, to that side and get some traffic at Foran and Schuster with Reynolds and Kolomatungi and set up that long side shift, we know that those halves will link together and all of that will come off the back of, you know, Murray getting the play of the ball, Cook downhill, those big boys like Burgess and Tola were epic in that last game off the bench. Yeah. Um, and Arrow's obviously come to a new level. I think that's the other thing I had here. Arrow in particular... Don't think it's been the greatest of years, um, but the attitude he brought, whether I agree with it or not, really brought another element into that game. And we've seen in week one, Manly got a bit frustrated. Uh, I think he's someone who can come out and niggle and aggravate, and if they get into that cycle and frustrate Manly, could stir up a couple of these guys, which again, led to some penalties and some ill-disciplined stuff. So, uh, you know, he, he came down on big dollars. He's got big wraps on him. He needs to deliver again in this game. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. Okay. Also interested to see how they use their bench. Like, I know that Burgess and Arrow are going to come on play for the two middles, but, like, will he use Benji similar to what he did last time, almost as a floating 13 and attack that way again? Um, is host just a quick change-up, potentially, for Murray or a little bit of time for one of the edges? Like, I, I don't know if he's going to go to his bench as much. Like, you guaranteed the middle rotations, but as to how he implements Benji and host or for how long, um, yeah, depending on how the game goes, I'm, I'm not sure quite how he uses them. Yeah, they're all valid concerns. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I think a lot of it goes down that edge like we spoke about. Those bench forwards, if they, they do that job, Nichols has been outstanding. Um, if that front row rotation keeps going, what they're doing. And Reynolds, this is huge for him. We know they're going to play off that emotion. I'm sure that'll be a key for Bennett. They've bombed out the last three years. It's his farewell at South. It's Reynolds before he moves on. Um, for me, I think the week off is a huge thing. It's always hard to tip against the team that's had the week off. I know Manly hasn't had the two hardest games because the Melbourne game was essentially out early. They've been healthy through that. And then last week, they, their game was pretty much done and they were able to take some players off. So, yeah, that's that's obviously a point. But I like South in this one. Not I don't know if it's going to play out quite how I think it's going to play out, but... Yeah, I, I think Souths are going to the grand final. Yeah, I'm tipping Souths, but this is... Um, oh, I could see Manly winning. Uh, so, but, yeah, I, the form just reads Souths, so I'll, I'm going to tip them. Um, my concern is obviously the Troll Mitchell out as well. Like you, You're playing essentially without mm. one of your best three, four players, so... Mm. Um, well, I guess you know, again. If he was there, like if he's there, you, 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 they're laid out as there, like you're tipping them to, to do it, not do it comfortably, but I'll be far more comfortable. Oh, yeah. 
confident tipping them. I think the big key here, they, so, they proved a huge... It's not there. Like it's, you look at that now, you look at that tackle, you look at that suspension, like how big is that going to be come grand final day? Could, like be, that, that could be massive. Be, if they get through, like if they, get through, if they win it, like it's huge. But, you know, if they, if they go out here or it's just going to be another one of those what-ifs, you know, like they, irrespective of, um, you know, if they do, if they don't win the premiership, they've got so close without him. That was just such a huge suspension and a huge moment in the season for, for South, so... Uh, look, I hope for, for Bunnies fans that they can get through to the big dance and, and have a throw at the stumps. But, I, yeah, I'd be far, far more confident in them if they had a big troll at the back, that's for sure. But uh, I'll tip them. Uh, you know, it's not that I don't trust Manly or like Manly or give Manly a chance. I'm just going on what, what the form reads and the form reads that, you know, South have got good form uh, apart from... You know, Melbourne Penrith uh, and Manly up until this point in time haven't beaten one of those uh, big dogs so no better time than the present um, but yeah I'll take the bunnies yeah I think similar deal for me like you said I know Trell's not there but Murray Reynolds Walker Gagai Cook they should have enough guys there to do their jobs and I, I think I've got a bit more faith probably more so just in that side of things and on the flip if they do what they did against Penrith which they certainly proved the point that they can defend their way to a win as much as it doesn't have to always be attack um, the big thing I think we saw on the other side and Melbourne proved it and we've seen it in a few games if they can keep Turbo a little bit quieter things sort of get a bit itchy for Manly it puts more pressure on Cherry it puts more pressure on Foz the Croker does a good job but if they can really put it into the hands of those other guys to do something um yeah, I think I've got a little more faith in more of the key players on the south side of things. But if Turbo gets loose and gets to do all those things we spoke about before and run at the ruck one-on-one and sweep to both edges and isolate the halves and play, could be one of those masterclasses. But I just honestly think they've proved to themselves a huge point beating Penrith without Latrell. I think for Manly, it's proving that point exactly then. We need to beat a top-four side. We can't be so reliant on Tom. And this is the game to do it. And if they do do it, they'll be supremely confident, I think, that they can clean up a few things going into the grand final to play either Melbourne or Penrith. Yeah. But we're both on uh, South Sydney and with bluebet.com.au. The odds there for South are $1.70. It's $2.15 for Manly at the moment. Minus one and a half is the line. One to twelve for South is three dollars. Manly three twenty-five. Thirteen plus South three forty-five. Five thirty for Manly. And if you're gonna have a bet with anyone, do it with the true blue bookie, www.bluebet.com.au. Go on the website or download the app today. Second game. Saturday, Panthers up against the storm. It's the grand final rematch come a week early. As we said, the Panthers uh, fell over week one. Missed that opportunity to have a week off again. Definitely didn't get it the easiest of ways last week, as we spoke about. Um, real tough contest and some question marks coming into this week in terms of health and some players. But let's have a quick look at the lineup and what they've named so far. And again, expecting some changes. But Edwards at the back, Crichton and Naden on the wing for now. Toto in jersey 21. Have to wait and see what happens there. Momorovsky and Burton in the centres. Luai and Cleary, the halves. Leota, Coruscant, and Fisher-Harris, the front row. 
kick out Kate, well, Yo, the back row and the bench. Tyra May is back on the bench, still under a cloud with his knee. Sorensen, Pungai Jr., Liam Martin, and the extended bench is Tago, Lanu, Hopgood, and Toto. Obviously, if Toto's in, Naden's out, but the question marks, I guess, kick out had a cut to his knee and an ankle issue. They're saying that he's likely to play. Um, and the other one that was under a question mark. I'm trying to think who it was. Dylan Edwards was apparently walking around a moon boot at the start of the week. He's been on and off the last few weeks. Obviously missed the first week. So it would be, I think, a huge inconvenience if you were to be missing Toto and Edwards. But I have no doubt in my mind that if one of them has an issue that's... I thought it was, was Toto kick out with boots. Oh, it might have been. Well, Edwards was still limping around, but... For me, the, the kick-out thing is pretty straightforward. If he's out, you just put Martin straight in and I'm bringing an extra forward onto the bench, whether that's Lanu or Tago. Toto's yardage, if he's not playing, is huge. Um, if he's in any capability, ready to go, and it's not something where you're risking him for the grand final, you can needle it. The next two weeks, you have to do that. He has to play. Oh, mate, this is the grand final, what? The preliminary final is as good as a grand final. You, you treat it exactly the same. You have to win. Yeah. It's all in now. You lose, you're out. The season's gone. Mm-hmm. So, Pedras need their best seven and the other. If that means needling and going out and, you know, putting it all on the line, then so be it. Like, yeah. You worry about the consequences of that the week after if, you, if you're good enough and lucky enough to get through. Uh, Melbourne are going to be 1-17, to you think, and they're, they're going to run out probably the strongest side They've ran out all year. They've got. A, they've had a week's rest. They've lost like what one game in their last what 30, 30, 30 or forty odd games in Queensland. They're thirty two of their last thirty three. There you go. So and they love Suncorp. They need. A, they need all hands on deck. And even with a fully fit 50 percent possession. And they they play well. They still might not be good enough. Mm. And I think you know. So all, all these like if all, if, I really don't care about all the talk about injuries and all that. I, I know it's going to have an impact. But man, even if if, if they're without Paul or Edwards, like I look at it like it's almost curtains. Mm. And I think you touched on how strong of a position I think Melbourne are in. With just with the week off, the form they're in. And the fact they they're going to be fully fit. Well, you've touched on one main point. This is literally the first time they've named this 17. They haven't yeah, had it all year. Right. Pappenhausen missed 10 weeks. You've had George miss patches. Uh, Fox missed so a couple of weeks. Origin. Played Origin. Munster's played Origin. Uh, Smith has been in, in and out. Of guys resting. Welch and Felice, they've rested Dale, and he missed time with his calf. Kenny missed a few games. Harry missed 10 games. Two missed a long time. Nelson missed time. This is the first time they've named it exactly as they've wanted the whole time, which is what we spoke about the other week. When you've got Jesse and Welch, and you've got the beauty of having Cheese play the way he does, they're able to carry two big boppers in Tui and Nelson. They can get extended minutes out of their starters if they want. They save a change by keeping Cheese on the field and rolling Dale off for Harry. And then they're in a position at the back end of the game where if they don't need Nico, they can roll those three middles back in. Yeah. So this is the first time they have had this 17 fully fit and available. And, and winning, as we said to, like I said to you, a couple of Panther fans said to me, oh, you're lucky, you know, that you had the week off. It's like, well, it's not, you have to win. Penrith win, they avoid what happened last week. 
you don't have these sort of issues. But, you know, uh, Melbourne, it's probably helped him get Fox back on the field. He's supposed to be ready to go. Cheese's facial issue still look like it's swollen, but it's not a fracture, so he's ready to go. George probably needed the rest. He's been hot and cold with his knee. Anyone that's sort of had a niggle or a little bit of an issue, I'm sure they've ironed it out over this two-week period. And I think looking at this now with that, everything that's played out, the way the year's been, um, I said it last week, I've said it a million times, Melbourne play central. They play you through the middle of the field. I thought Para sort of got the better of the middle contest. I don't think Fish has been as good since he's been back. Kikau's been well off the boil. Catewell, as we said, hasn't been as good. The whole forward pack in general. Martin's had some errors creep in the last few weeks. I thought Pengai and Yo last week, Yo in particular, were their two best. But up against Welch, Bromwich, this pack, Dale, and they're going to roll on Tui and Nelson. They're also not going to be playing against Ray Stone and Will Smith. They've got Brandon Smith and Harry Grant probing through the middle. So if they channel Coruscant and have some love up the middle like they did, it's not Ray Stone dishing the ball and you're not going to have to be you know, just worrying about outsides. You're going to be accountable to every single ruck because if Brandon Smith gets to run, he'll just go straight through the middle and Pappenhausen will be sniffing around like a bad smell on every single play. Harry Grant gets on the field. He's going to get out, dummy, show the ball, duck, weave, dip him behind. He'll kick early. He'll kick for Pappenhausen. You know, their, their service, when they punch holes in the middle, they'll kick the door in and then they'll kick it in again and they'll go there two or three times and then they'll just go long, long, get on a shift, Hughes will run, Munster will run. Uh, I think everything for me with Penrith starts with their middle this week. There's a lot of things I can talk about, but if they don't... Yeah, exactly. Like, you, you can talk about all the flashiness and you've hit it on the nail on the head. Like, you can't avoid the middle of the field. No. And that's where Melbourne are going to pour through there and they're going to roll off their nines, and they're going to be relentless, they're going to be direct, they're going to be aggressive. And then on, on the flip side, when Penrith have got the ball, they're going to tear into them on play one and two, they're going to push the envelope in regards to six against. They're going to have their hand on the ball, they're going to wrestle the shit out of them, they're going to get three and four in, and they're going to push the envelope. That's what they do. They own the wrestle, they own that element, they own Ruxford. So if Penrith want to win, they're going to have to put the big boy pants on and beat Melbourne at their own game. They're going to have to wrestle the shit out of Melbourne. They're going to have to just get into that mindset that instead of bitching and complaining about, you know, holding down and six against and rock speed and, like, you got to, you got to beat them at their own game. Hmm. you got to get down in the trenches, get your hands dirty and really start, you know, dominating that battle in, in terms of rock speed, playable speed. And just be smart enough, in your, particularly in your late movements, when you're going to the ground as an attacker. And what I mean by that is once you know you've lost the tackle, finding yourself a position of dominance when you hit the ground. Because Melbourne, so, so very often, will, will win that late period of the tackle and ensure that they're up first. Yep. And that the, the attacker is... Um, you know, the last man up off the deck. So that, that late movement is a, is a huge element, um, I think, to, for Penrith to generate some speed, particularly on play one and two. Like, if Tom or, or, or Edwards are out, like, that's really going to hurt them on kick return. Uh, because those two are so good at not only cleaning up, but just bringing the ball back and... 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Putting a dent in opposition teams on that kick return. But, yeah, mate, your, your comments around the middle of the field is, like, Penrith just can't, they can't avoid it. Similar to how Manly which we spoke about it with South, so you can't avoid the middle of the field. No, and again, like I so, said last week. Really cool, cool. And Penrith can do it. Penrith can do it, man. 100%. 100%. Their, for, their forward pack is as good, but I also... They've got to come with that mentality because the last two games, the last two finals games, they've come with a mentality to pass around sides. Yeah. To play lateral. So that's going to challenge this week. Their, their defence, there's no question that their defence can... You know, keep Melbourne to 18 points, I believe. Uh, particularly if they could be really, really disciplined and give away, you know, minimal amount of penalties and set restarts and complete well and just give, again, give Melbourne a long field. If they could do that as much as they can, um, they're going to give themselves a huge chance, but they're going to have to generate points. And I'm really, I'm a really firm believer that you need to rattle Melbourne with scoreboard pressure. You need it early too. Like Parramatta did, right? That's the last loss that they had. Parramatta sort of shot out and were able to get to that, you know, six, ten point lead and put them under scoreboard pressure and get them out of their routine, get them out of that comfortable cycle that they get in. I think the other thing, when I was talking about the pack before, just the way he rotates again. Like, if he's going to do the whole outsmart myself, I'll start with Martin, I'll bench kick out, I'll roll kick out, win, I'll roll Sorensen in, I'll play May in the middle. Like, to me, you're going to need to be as, as good and as solid in the middle for the whole game as long as possible. Because if I told you last week that Paulo, Campbell, Gillard, these guys would do the job they did, but they had Harry Grant or Brandon Smith, they would have done a lot more damage to the middle. This week, like I said, not only are they going to need to be even better in the middle and match it, if not hold, but that rage is just going to maintain. When Tui and Nelson come on, things go up another notch. They get quicker play the balls. Harry gets unleashed. Cheese moves to 13. It just That is just sustained pressure through the centre. So if he goes again with like a small middle and Martin gets pushed in or he puts May out there and he's got Sorensen, like, I don't know how that's going to hold up. I really don't. Um, if I'm sitting here now and May's under a cloud and everyone else is healthy and ready to go, I'm picking an extra middle. I'd be more leaning towards picking Spencer Lania yeah. and making sure 100%. that I've got the bodies to keep going with Melbourne because I need to hold the middle. And I also need 100%. leg speed. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Like, I'm lighting up, big boy. Yeah, I know you can get fish huge minutes. I know Moses can give me a good 45-50. I know that Yo can give me a full game and they're going to need it. But I don't want to be wasting changes fucking around with back rows and middle rotation. I want as many changes for my middle. And I'm just playing off the back of that. Arpy's um, definitely going to see plenty of traffic. And you know damn well that if they get rolling off that, like I said, that Cheese and Harry are going to be probing around and try to spot up a Leota who can get caught out laterally or any sort of kink they can find in the middle. That space as well. Kick out and Luai, I said it last year, it's one of the only weaknesses I think you can find in their defence. 
if you don't think Felice Cafusi is going to do what he does for Queensland and Australia and all those big games and just beat the shit out of Jerome Luai, you're not here. They're just going to post him up one-on-one, run at him. He's going to get the elbows, the shoulders, all that sort of stuff. Uh, Hughes as well, he'll use him. He'll set that up. He'll play Felice at him. And then at the time when he gets a little bit hesitant or parked on the back foot, he'll run. And he's a real run threat too. So that's a space I have no doubt they'll try to work. Uh, The flip side of the field... Munster, huge key when he runs early. If he runs early, you know it's going to be a good night. If I'm him, I'm going to drop Olam under and run at Cleary. Cleary's shoulder. We saw a little bit last week. I know it's late in the game, but that's just all part of the game. If I'm seeing him at all early doors, I'm dropping Olam back out and just going straight at Nathan, just trying to pummel him. Oh, yeah. If I'm Nathan Cleary. Like, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, two-man, three-man, four-man, winger. You know, I'm going to be a full-back. I'm going to be on the right wing. I'm going to be on the left wing. Like, just move yourself around. Yeah. Um, make sure that they can't get at you. He's still going to have to tackle, and he's, he's done a good enough job of that. That's not the issue. You just don't want him making 40. So, just let him float around. Their defence and their structure and, you know, the way that their system sort of has been operating defensively, it's not going to impact um, how effective or how confident they are in that regard. So just move him around so he's not getting gassed because you need him with his hands on the ball as often as possible um, to ensure that he's challenging Melbourne as much as he possibly can. And I guess the interesting fact is that clearly he hasn't played the two games against Melbourne this year. No. Which is interesting. The last time he played against Melbourne was that grand final and they rattled him in that game well you know he's going to be coming after him again with that up in defence well to be coming to make a shitload of tackles they were hitting him after he passed the ball so again it's going to be a question about how much has Nathan Cleary learned in the last 12 months and for kick pressure you know Welch is coming he did it in Origin he did it in the grand final he does an outstanding job Uh, they either need to sit him deeper or he needs an inside tip so if he does get caught out, he's got someone he can just dish to and they try and play straight through him. Yeah, but like an inside tip's a win for Melbourne. Like if you, it's all good to have it there and to pass to him, but what, is he then going to kick the ball or is he going to run? Like if he runs 20 metres downfield and then gets tackled, like that's a win for Melbourne. Yeah, so. I'm not talking out of yardage, but I'm just more saying if you're midfield yeah, or you're in good ball, like I, I just... I think you need to... You need a huge focus on winning that play the ball before the kick. Yeah, so you get a good kick. Sure that Welch can't get there. Yeah. Like Welsh will get there if they win the play the ball. And, you know, he's, he's got enough time to look up and go, okay, clear he's there, fuck, I'm going to go get him. Mm. But if Penrith can have a real focus on either A, kicking early, like if they're in the yard, just fucking kick a play earlier. Yeah. Or you need to make sure that, you know, your Fisher Harris's of the world, um, or your kick out, or, you know, whoever it is, whoever you feel is like can generate a real quick play the ball for you, that, that person's carrying the ball to play before a kick. Left side also, really interested to see Momorovsky up against Olam. Olam's given most people plenty of trouble this year. Um, Momorovsky's done a pretty good job, but him and Crichton, I don't think have been really tested as a combination. He worries me, Momorovsky. I don't know why. Well, that's what I'm bringing it up for, because I don't think they've really been tested as a pair. And I know Crichton's played all those positions through the lower grades, but they're going to be making a lot more decisions on the weekend, I think, than they ever have. So they need to be well-connected. They're going to need inside help. If Fox is rare and ready to go, we know that Olam can do. 
Munster sometimes with the benefit of having a player like Foreign and Schuster has Kenny there. Kenny's just as good a distributor as he is a runner. He's probably not the most dangerous line runner or ball runner as a back rower, but he certainly knows when he needs to run. He knows when to play square. He gets deep enough into the line. Sometimes they just feed early to Olam because they know what Olam's going to do. Olam will rattle two or three blokes. He'll get space for Fox. Fox will drop back under. Um, Pappenhausen sweeps around there at times as well and brings inside shoulder pressure to some of those defenders and gets Olam space. I think they're going to see plenty down that left-hand side in particular. Um, like I said, testing out Nathan, test out Mobrovsky, Critter. Caitlin was going to have to be very busy as well. Um, but yeah, other side of the field, they probably don't use as much, but great matchup as well. Remus versus Burton. Burton, arguably, since moving that position, has been one of the best centers in the competition. Remus, since moving to Melbourne, they don't see as much football on the right-hand side, but uh, for you know probably the lack of quantity touches that he gets, the quality he produces with the opportunities he does get, He's been great. So that's going to be good. Um, And again, if it's not Toto, we saw Burton the other week with Luai and Kikau when he was a bit worried. He jumped in field. If Remus gets on the outside and they can isolate a Toto or an Aiden, that's a little bit of drama there as well. But I think for them, kicking is also vital. Hughes has done a really, really good job doing the majority of the kicking when he plays. We know that Melbourne's good play one-two. They'll put you in a corner. If Tyo plays, there's no doubt they're going to try and get him, get him flat, take him out, make Edwards work out of a corner, make Crichton work out of a corner, etc., and really put the strangle on. We've already said it about Nathan. Nathan's going to be huge kick pressure in that regard. Uh, but the biggest thing for me is just those dual nines. I think the two nines are the key to Melbourne the whole way through. Like There's strike on this quality all over the field, but with what they get out of their forward pack... Um, just watching those two, the transition from Cheese's start to when Harry gets on and then Cheese still floating around the middle, I think they're a huge key for how Melbourne go in this game. Absolutely. Uh, Penrith, just, oh man, they're first in D and they're first in D for a reason. And they have to be in this game. They've got to, we've talked about it already in regards to the middle. Yeah, don't want to really talk as much about the middle. We've already said it. It's defence and attack. They need to match them and maintain it. I'd pick that extra middle if I have to. Marker work also, though, critical with these two. Last week, like we said, you don't have to be as accountable. The system here has to be first marker and even second marker kind of fold into that mini line, the first three defenders either side. You offer no space in behind the ruck. You don't pressure. The system where open side, first marker always goes open. That'll be their system. So if you watch that, they'll always go to the long side, the first marker. Well, that's fair enough. But if I'm that second man, I'm certainly not going too far. I'm making sure I'm in that drain. Yeah. Because yeah. Melbourne will play in behind there. They need to be clean around the ruck, that's for sure. Yeah, I'll pen- 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 know that. Like, if I'm a marker as well, and particularly in good ball, like, I'm playing as deep as the referee will allow me mm. for that reason, just to, you know allow Green in particular to roll down but you know if he wants to roll down I want to make sure my A's on either side are coming up um, and then once I feel as though they're there and my peripherals like I mean, they're going to go and apply some pressure to him yeah. you certainly don't want to be up nice and close and they're biting you're not even exposed in that space no most definitely not and also like we said again it's not only just the hookers it's the guys that get in behind it's Pappenhausen sniff around the middle you, you, you want to be really really clean your first three defenders and your two markers just to make sure that they don't get any 
extra opportunity because they're already going to generate ruck speed as is. You don't need to give any more opportunity, that's for sure. Uh, huge point for me here. Melbourne have been shocking at it in particular uh, the back end of the year. Kick defusal. Melbourne have got a bit of an issue at the back. It's been much better since Pappenhausen's been back in the last few weeks, but when they had Nico, Eremiah, Fox, and they sort of rolled through, there was a tendency there to let balls bounce. So if I'm Nathan with that dead floater that he puts in, I'm using that constantly. There's been a real issue with kick defusal, so if they can get that going, uh, I'd be certainly testing out George. He'd probably be my kick target. If it's not him, if I'm kicking for field position... I'm trying to get Pappenhausen because I think Pappenhausen, we see it all the time, he'll try to distribute, but if I can isolate him, he's a guy, again, you can pick up, you can wheelbarrow, you can really win play one and set your, uh, you start your set off really, really well. You know Fox will carry hard, but again, not the biggest bloke. George is not the biggest bloke, so if I can pick on Pappenhausen and just bash him physically, um, he's really someone I'll go for. But kick defusal in the games I've watched, he's frustrated the shit out of me at times. They really do at times just mishandle the back they need to be clean there so it's a good opportunity for Nathan's kicking game uh, just I think for them as well kick pressure similar deal you know that Munster pretty straightforward he does the end over end kicks from the middle of the field Hughes does most of the short kicking or territory sort of kicking so I'd be definitely getting at Munster he can certainly come up with a shocker if you get a bit of pressure on him and I think that right-hand side that they play down, I know Momorovsky's got a bit of the football the last few weeks, even though they've been left-side dominant. I'd be testing it out because, let's face it, if you get Munster on an off-night, one-on-one, he can be absolutely terrible. He's had games where he's missed five, six tackles. I'd be making sure I'm testing him out. Olam and Fox tend to creep in. If you can get some space on the outside there and generate something, uh, if you're getting at Munster, that's certainly something I'd be looking at doing. But the other side of the field is obviously the key for Penrith. And how that all happens is similar to what we talked about before for South. If they don't roll with Leota and Fish and Yo and get their game onto the middle to get Arpy rolling downfield and generate the opportunities for Penrith to set up for these long sides and get Luai, Kikau, etc. into the game, it's going to be a hard ask because the one weak spot of Melbourne that's been exposed a few times in games is if you can get some space and get at that right edge and get outside Felice... George and Remus can get caught out at times. It's been very limited, and we saw it early rounds. We haven't seen a whole lot since. Um, but if there's one spot you, you're going to get to, if you can get space, that's the one. And it needs to come from Luai, Kikau, Burton, and Toto. Yeah, exactly. And it's not even an easy task at the best of times because even when they do get caught a little bit, there's not many better than Felice Kafusi holding his feet he holds up the inside he doesn't bite and expose the outside guys he tracks very very well he lets the inside come across and help him um, he double defends really well when we talk about that like lets his man come to him on his inside shoulder and then he gets off and goes out and helps so I certainly think they would do Mate, plenty I think they're going to hit him down short so that's what, like Parramatta showed the way there mm. like sort of just double up crash that back row in and try and get him to get down and up and, and just stuck an extra number on that short side and Parramatta made two line breaks down their left Melbourne's right where they just went through I think for, for tries where they were just able to win that collision roll around with an extra number and just play through Melbourne that way hmm. um, and you know and if Melbourne overcompensate there on that short side they looked to hit them with a long yeah 
Particularly that left side, but you got someone like Burt with his hands. Um, yeah. He's certainly one on a short side that I'd be looking to go off on with Jerome. But it's just simplifying things. Like Jerome, run first. They've been pushing the ball overs. A lot of their shapes have been overs, and they're doing it without momentum. Generate momentum. If you get yeah, your... I think it's not so much run first, like catch quick. Yeah, well, that's, even that's catch, what I mean, though. Catch like... the ball and, and just make sure your, your eyes are nice and straight. You're playing nice and square. Like it's okay to pass, but um, if it's all been over, at the moment he's just sort of he's catching the ball, knowing he's going to pass. He's not even having a look. No, nah, and kickout has been similar. Kickout suddenly thinks he's playing inside centre in rugby union. Your job when you're on the field, and again I've said it last week. I think part of it is the whole bench thing makes him come on and think he has to overplay his hand. You just run hard, crash into Jerome Hughes. Pummel the shit out of him. That's right. Like, yeah, they, they need to. Like, Penrith are just going to flip that philosophy. Hmm. You and know, if... they're going to try and pummel the shit out of Cleary. Well, Penrith need to pummel the shit out of Munster and Hughes. Hmm. And Yo's the other one. Probably one of the biggest keys. Moving that point of attack. The way he kind of operates in that middle and joins the halves and moves things around. If they're just going to play way too direct and channeling too tight, they'll get eaten up in the middle. They've got to move the point of attack. You've got to go. Two, three wide, two, three wide. Keep moving the ruck around. If you just keep playing into Melbourne, big trouble. Mm-hmm. So other than that, I think the only last point I'd here is that bench. Um, depending on what he ends up picking, I think they certainly need impact. If it's Martin off there, preferably with Pungai Junior, they have to come on and maintain that rage and match what the Melbourne middles are going to do. In particular, those two nines, they have to match up just all game through that middle part of the field. Exactly. In, in summary, at the end of it, I think you said at the start, if you want to beat Melbourne, you've got to be even in almost all categories. Possession, completions, all, all that sort of stuff. Well, you don't win. Like, yeah, you got to win those categories. If you, you can do- win everything. Oh, yeah. But if you've you- got to punch Melbourne in the face straight away. That, that's, how you've got to, that's how you really you got to do it. And then you've got to maintain it for long periods of time. It, it, you don't have to be perfect. But parents are going to have to... They're going to have to be pretty fucking good for 70 minutes. Um, and a lot of that just comes down to the... Like, right off of the collision. But it comes down to the, the tackle and particularly that the late movements in the tackle. Right? Who's going to win those late movements? Is it going to be... You know, Penrith's going to be able to find their front and vice versa. Are they going to be able to flip Melbourne players and put them in positions where they're going to lose the ruck or are Melbourne just going to have their own way and what they usually do in most matches and are they going to control that speed you know and therefore they then have the, the time and the ascendancy and, and Penrith need the ascendancy otherwise if they're losing the ruck they're going to start to go lateral again yeah you see the impact that's had on their attack mm. like it's, it's made their attack Basically, not rudderless for the last two weeks, but they scored two tries of kicks. Yeah. So it, it, it's going to really put a dent in any chance they've got to win this match. All right. Well, it's that time. What's your prediction for this one? Oh, I'm going to I'd, I'd love to see Penrith win. I'd, but 
No, I just, I can't see it. Yeah, well, I'm obviously tipping Melbourne. Um, I think first 20 in particular will give us a real signal to how this game's going to go. If Melbourne get early points again in these sort of games, they generally go on with things. I, I wouldn't say it would get ugly, but if they get early points and get blood in the water, I'd be a little bit worried if I'm Penrith. If I'm Penrith, my biggest thing is first 20 we don't concede. If anything, I want first points. Because like you said, if you get scoreboard pressure, but more importantly, confidence, hopefully they can build off the back of that. And I think if they score first and get to that first 20 without conceding, well, then I'd give them a chance. But if Melbourne own that first 20 like they have in so many finals games and get points, um, yeah, I, I think it could get ugly. Yeah. So both on Melbourne, both on South. And the odds for this one... For bluebet.com.au, the Melbourne Storm are a $1.30 favourite. The Panthers, three fifty-five. I think it opened more around like $1.50 and two eighty, but possibly the injury clouds over a couple of these players and just the way, uh, you know, coming out of a hard game last week, it's certainly blowing out lots of money for Melbourne. The line is now minus 9.5. 1 to 12 Storm is $3. Panthers, $4.60. 13 plus Melbourne, two ten. Thirteen plus Panthers, is ten dollars. So if that was the case and it works out how we think, if it's Storm South, what do you think a market would be if that was the grand final? Uh, dollar, dollar forty, three dollars. Yep, I'd probably agree. To be honest, I think yeah. played a couple of times. They've generally had their number. I'm not saying things can't flip around, but. Uh, and if, 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 if it goes the other way and Manly got through and it was them again they beat them week one you'd think the market would be pretty similar wouldn't you yeah, I'd probably go dollar, or $24 the flip side if it's Penrith South who's favourite Penrith bit closer though yeah probably dollar uh, seventy, two ten, something like that yep and if it was Penrith Manly what do you reckon the market would be Dollar fifty, two dollars fifty. Dollar fifty, two fifty. Dollar forty, two, three dollars. Yeah, well, I'm excited for these two games. I really am. Um, yeah, this is, a bit, this is unreal this weekend. Like that, that week two is always for me. It's like ah, uh, I could just expect the top four sides to to win. And you know, again this year they they won. We got an absolute bell uh, bell ringer in Panthers Eels, which was great. Uh, but yeah, this is this is this is awesome. I don't know what it is. I've got again. I don't want to sound biased because I obviously am a Melbourne fan. I've got more of a feeling that the South Manly game is going to deliver something, and I don't quite know if it's a shootout. I think they'll both. I think they'll both be good games. They'll be different games, but I think they'll both be good. Mm. Well, I'm hoping so. Like I said, for Penrith, I think for Penrith, this is more than regardless of what's going on during the week. This is personal. This is the team that knocked you off the perch last year in a red hot yeah. season. And regardless of what state you're in, they're a young team. They're an energetic team, and you've got an opportunity to you know garner some revenge. And you know, if if I'm going down on my sword, if that was the case in the end of it. I want to try and do what Parramatta did sort of to them the week before and make sure that if Melbourne do go to the grand final, they're going in fucking wounded. Yeah, that's right. At the bare minimum, but 
I'm really hoping they're both awesome games. And probably the most important thing, I know there's been talk again about referees the last few days, and I don't want to talk about that. I just hope come the end of this week, we're talking about two good games of football, nothing to do with referees, and we can just focus on the grand final. 100%. And, uh, any, anyway, this... Look, I disagree. I disagree with the referee appointment, so it's fucking disgraceful. Yeah, we, were, we know why that's the case. But... Yeah, you're not going to change that. But I think anyway, we get a great combination of green finals. Um, but yeah, obviously, with our tips, we've landed on a Storm South green final, which in itself would be huge. You're talking Wayne Bennett, Craig Bellamy started off mates, worked together, but apparently, you know, not the uh, greatest of terms current days, but you know, the up the master. Yeah, but they're, 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 like, I think that's overstated. That's, I think it's. Yeah, Bullshit. There's they respect. Still love and respect to each other. Yeah. But in the end, you're fucking competing. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. That would be awesome. And then you've obviously got that story. Bennett finishing up. South Sydney finally get it's through. It's a little bit underrated. Like Melbourne had never gone back to back. Well, this would be a huge it's thing. They've never gone back to back. That's. Well, you know, they've had opportunities to do it. No. They've well, never done it. Imagine now if, if they. they just did it. So if you don't think that that burns away a little bit at Bellamy, like Bellamy again, like one of the most competitive humans you'll ever meet in your life. Well, take you the, want to go back to back. Take the flip side of it. It could be back to back the year after again Smith left and everyone wrote him off. Yeah. So he could potentially have lost who everyone said was the most important piece of the Melbourne Storm and definitely the start of the decline and go back to back with a very young side. Yeah. So there's a huge chance there. And on, on the flip, if Penrith got through after what they had to, it would be monumental and well-deserved to go this way around the mountain and win the comp. If South won it, Wayne Bennett goes out, Reynolds goes out with the premiership, the prelim hoodoo's over, and it's a huge result. And if Manly won it, the start of the year, they were record on track for a record disaster season in terms of points conceded and the way they were playing after the first four rounds. So there's a lot of good storylines, that's for sure. 100%. So we've got some money to throw around for our charity bets. I don't know off the top of my head right now, but we'll try and find some winners later in the week. But I know a lot of people have said the last few weeks they're interested in our bets and have taken a few of our bets. Uh, off the top of my head, I looked at the South Manly game and... I've been winning a little bit with this the last few weeks. I took a double for Johnston and a double for Turbo. There you go, yeah. I think, uh, you know, that left side's going to be super important. And I just think for Manly, if someone's going to do it, it's going to be Tom. I think he's going to have ridiculous amount of touches. He's going to be all over the football and he's going to be popping up left, right and centre. On the Melbourne side of things, you don't generally get good value for him because he's been scoring them like they're going out of fashion. But Brandon Smith this week was about $3.30. So okay. I've got the cheese to steal one inside 10 at some point. Yeah. Fucking love stealing one. Well, 100%. And I think Pappenhausen rarely is over $2. I think this is one of the only weeks he started over $2, but he's definitely not that now. He's now $1.83 for any time. Uh, Brandon Smith is now into $2.62 with bluebet.com.au. So those few that I liked definitely uh, blew out a bit more. I think Nelson, good value. 430 off the bench. 
doesn't mind a crash. And if you're looking at Penrith, I think you know it's sort of that left hand side of the field. Yeah, I have to probably go and have a real, real good look at it. But I always like back rowers. Mm. Especially finals games. Yeah. But Johnston for a double. I like what's Jerome Hughes for a try. Jerome Hughes any time at that Luai sort of space. He's three dollars twenty with bluebet.com.au. Yeah, I don't mind Luai. Uh, I don't mind Hughes. Mm. Also, because I, I love the fact he just backs up on everything. Like he scores a lot of tries. Penrith up through the middle of the field like that's that fullback instinct coming out of him. Yeah, and that Penrith, like we said, that left side needs to certainly step up this week. Kick out, we've been waiting. There hasn't been much uh, hard line running the last few weeks. He's four dollars if he's on the field. Burton, yeah, I like, like, I like Burton. Yeah, he's two dollars eighty-seven. Yeah. Uh, if I was going to put money on any Penrith player, it'd be Burton. No one's for Toto at the moment. Obviously, uh, they're not sure if he's playing, so they're not oh, giving the yeah, boss. Like, obviously, Toto would be. It's like saying I had O'Carroll score a try. So fuck, thanks, uh, on the flip yeah sort of, we, we always look for a bit of value those double prices like I said Johnston's 325 if you think he can grab a couple on the left Turbo for a double? 325 Jesus that's good odds and uh, Tommy Turbo is $4.33 man they could both score a fucking double if you're just looking for a straight up any time and you don't want to go the risk because those guys are too short Cody yeah, Walk does Bluebet Bluebet has a market for score a double that was for the double. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So for me, I, I did my own multi. I did Johnston double, Turbo double, South win, and I can't remember the price, but it was pretty hefty. Yeah. I only had a tenner on it, but just for a bit of interest. But uh, if it I'm going, doesn't go- matter what you bet on it, mate. It matters what that you win. That's right, That's mate. Matters, mate. But if you're going to say to me right now, I just have fifty or a hundred on something solid. I'd be taking Cody Walker at $2.50 with bluebet.com.au, running at that space of Olaka R2 and Daily Cherry Evans, mate. I can see him wanting to put a stamp on a big game. It's been a bit of a criticism that he doesn't do it on the big stage, and I think he's going to have a real opportunity in this one to run, mate. Yeah, or again, he, he'll just back up on the inside. Like, how many times he scored just getting a pass back off his centre or me up? Yeah. Because he follows up. Like he'll, he'll, you know, throw a line break assist and then push back up through the middle. Yeah, certainly does. Um, for the manly side of things, no surprise, all the short odds are their wingers and their fullback. Garrick is the best of the odds. $2 on their left. Saab, $1.83. Tommy is $1.83 for any time. Um, if you think somebody else, like if they got Sully listed if he comes in, no, they don't. Um, not for now, anyway. If you think they can find a bit of love somewhere else, if Daly will run the football and maybe get an opportunity, he's $4. I'll look at Artu if he finally uses him a bit more on the short stuff. He's three forty. Um, Brad Parker runs a mean line on that left side if you think they can crash in there. If he does play $3, I assume if they swap him out, Sully would be similar odds. And Dylan Walker, the impact he's been making off the bench, he's actually one of the shorter odds. He's $2.80. There you go. So... They're obviously thinking about him a little bit, so there you go. But we've got a little bit to look at, but they're just a couple of personal ones that I looked at. I, I thought if this one goes the shootout way, I think those two guys could both grab doubles. A couple of personal ones. A couple of personal bets. A couple of big fellas. <laughs> but, 
But uh, that wraps us up. Big thanks. Yeah. Um, again, I don't want to go too much into it because we spoke plenty about it. But oh, no, we're, we're both happy about it. We oh, 100%. What a shit show that joint is. Again, we've said it enough times. Honestly, he was gone. He wasn't gone. He was gone. Now he's in. Like, fucking hell. Just... He doesn't know whether he's fucking Arthur or Martha. Poor Madge. I think, again, we've said it before, and you've said it a million times in particular, they probably would have done him a favour firing him and giving him his 700000 or whatever. He's like, fuck, I've got to go to work in six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I'd think he'd struggle with, and we know, because he's nuts. He loves his yeah, footy. He loves footy. If he got he's fired... Find a more passionate bloke. Yeah, if he did get fired and he couldn't get a gig for this year, he'd be going nuts for 12 months. He'd be trying yeah, to... He, he genuinely thinks, like, because he, he came out and said, you know what, um, we want to win a premiership, etc. Like, he didn't say they're going to win the comp this year. No, mate. but he's not fucking joking. Mate, he fucking, he feels though like he can. Like, he... He's not joking. He's not? No. We, we told the story. We told the story when he first took over, uh, the first year there, and he rocked up to the junior rep thing the day after to talk to everyone, and he said he was heartbroken and devastated. Let me tell you. If that's him heartbroken and devastated, I hate to see him when he's excited because his body language, the intensity, and the mood he was in even then, he was fucking jacked. <laughs> he's uh, he's very infectious, let's put it that way. And again, we've said it before, I think there's bigger problems with the players and the club and other yeah, areas. Look, and I've never seen him coach, so I, I don't feel comfortable sort of going, can't coach, you can't coach. So. Well, I'm going off again. Just, yeah, he's, he's just a good operator, good person, passionate. No shit in him. Doesn't seem like he's got a got an ego. Like just a good person for the for the club. Yeah, well, I know a few boys that were my age were at South when he was there, and they loved him and said similar thing. He's fucking all about the blokes. He's well and truly all in, hearts all in it, and it's just all footy. So I don't, I don't know what else you get asked for. And I think again, tales of Tiger Town. I know some people brought like, oh, I'm not seeing the details of this, that, and the other. You can't tell me from what you saw off that. You're not, you know you don't think he doesn't know what he's doing. Anything that was about to happen or unfold, he called it before it happened, said we'd talked about that, we worked on that. Like, not everything's the coach at the end of the day. Yeah, that's right. You can fucking talk until you're blue in the face. Sometimes players still don't fucking do what they're told. Correct. So I don't think it's a, like it said, a lack of ability or smarts, that's for sure. Yeah. But that club has a lot of other problems besides the coach. And I'm interested, last one before we go, actually. We saw this before we would come on. Fogarty, potentially, to the Raiders. So, it's obviously very, very hard to get a half full stop. Is this a situation, you think, where the Raiders are looking, going, well, he's experienced, he could probably steer the team around. It's one of the only options we'd probably have if we approached a club and were willing to, you know, take them off the hands and pay. Maybe the Gold Coast, having now found Campbell, pushing Brimson up the front and playing Sexton with him, might keep Tanner Boyd for an extra year. Would this be something that they might consider, you reckon? Yeah, look, yeah, definitely. I think it's something that both, it could help both clubs. You'd want something in return, though, wouldn't you? I would. Oh, I think it probably... I look at it and just go, I, I think it hints that maybe Hodgson... That, that, that was my initial thought, that... I could be completely off and I don't know I've got nothing to tell but well, yeah, yeah, Titans, Titans probably need a 9 I didn't think they'd Canberra be certainly need a 7 he's you know there's been murmurs that he's been offered around a little bit and 
But what 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 sort of money though? He's on big money. What what would it take? Because he has to agree, obviously. So if he agrees to come, yeah, no. Well, you'd, you'd obviously free up the space that Fogarty when Fogarty goes, and then you just pay the difference. I imagine. I, 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 don't, I don't know. That, no, not, yeah, could be. I could be way off me. But I just look and think. Well, where's the gap in the Titans roster? The gap is at nine. hundred percent. But you think they would let him go and leave themselves with just Starling? I, I don't know. Because I think on the flip I don't, side... I don't know. Well, but if, but if it's toxic, then yeah, I, I think they would. Yeah, on the flip side for you guys, I guess it's a similar boat though because they're taking that risk. If they let Fogarty go, of saying, well, we've got Sexton and then if we had an injury, it would, would have to be Boyd and they haven't even re-signed him yet. Mm. So they'd be leaving themselves in a spot, I guess, as well where they'd be, you know, essentially hoping that Sexton gets through a full season. Yeah. So it was interesting, I thought, but um, yeah. Watch this space, I guess. They've, they've had their hat in the ring for a few blokes. There's a few that weren't interested to go. They've tried to get a few people out earlier, like Dylan Brown was looked at. Like A lot of those were unrealistic, but this one sort of, I guess, makes a little bit more sense. But I just thought from a Gold Coast perspective, they're saying he was going to approach the club and talk about leaving and this, that, and the other. I'd be cool with it, but if I'm the Gold Coast, I'm certainly not just going to let him walk. Yeah. Even if it was a young bloke or something, I'd be hitting Canberra up for something. Guess watch this space. 100%. Well, there you go. That wraps us up. Huge prelim finals this weekend. In-depth previews. Hopefully, we're about on the money. Um, if any of your teams are involved out of these final four, best of luck to you, and hopefully you're cheering one of them on in the grand final. Huge thanks, as always, to bluebet.com.au. If you're going to bet with anyone, do it with a true blue bookie. There is no one better than bluebet.com.au. Download the app today or visit the website. And uh, Penner Solar Center, I was... Going to chuck in there about our powerful predictions in terms of our tips for the game, but there is no one better. As I've said a million times before, it's getting sunny. The days are getting longer. It's time to start putting some money into your back pocket. Let them help you be the real winners this season uh, and get that cash back in your back pocket with quality solar solutions. Call Jake and the team today on 1800 20 or visit au. Boxhead, sadly... We won't be uh, prepping to go to a grand final, but I'm looking forward to watching it regardless. No, we won't be, mate. A streak's over, mate. 21 in a row for me. Anyway. What do you do? It's uh, an illegitimate end to the streak, so the streak will roll on next year. Yeah, fair enough. Anastasia, if you're listening, give me an exemption. Give me an exemption. Let me in. <laughs> Outstanding. Well, everybody out there, like I said before, if your team is still in the running, best of luck for this weekend, and hopefully you'll be able to cheer them on next week in the grand final. If you're living in Queensland and your team ends up getting in for that first ever time at Suncorp, well, congratulations, you lucky sons of bitches. I'm jealous. <laughs> but uh, for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on, give us more, give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.